Alrighty, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. As always, you have myself, Nick. I am joined by the double D's here and Dom and David. <laughs> Dom loves that. Never nickname. refer to us as that again. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, screw that. <laughs> hey, you guys are you guys are the, the second best kind of double D's, but uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump into this episode here. <laughs> that is This is a family program. Definitely. Hey, listen, I didn't say the when F word. has this so. ever been a family program considering some of the <laughs> topics we've discussed? Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> listen, this is not PBS, Dom. We'll, uh, we'll keep it moving. Um, But we have a full packed episode for you guys today. There was a ton of stuff that happened. You know, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. We are closing out the end of the NFL season here, going into the playoffs. You know, we got our award predictions coming up. We have all the playoff teams that we're going to talk about. Um, we had head coaches being let go. We had players deciding what they wanted to do, even though their coaches didn't want, you know, we have predictions. We had a national championship that we got to go over. Unfortunately, uh, we got a lot of shit to talk about, but let's kick it off. Recap time. Um, last week, I think I had three games to go over. One of them was the Steelers Ravens game. Not very exciting. Not very many people played. Um, but if you're a Steelers fan, there you go. They won. They got in the playoffs. Um, I think I saw a stat somewhere. Najee Harris becomes the first running back in NFL history or second in NFL history to rush for a thousand yards in their first three seasons. So I guess there's that. Um, <laughs> but other than that, that game was what it is. The Ravens had a lot of their guys. So kind of to be expected, the Steelers should have handled their business and won the game like they should. Um, but we're going to talk about the two games that really were of consequence here. Um, and the first is going to be Texans-Colts. This one came down to the final drive by the Colts. Um, was it running back out of the backfield? Just dropped the first down catch. So an unfortunate end for the Colts there. I think Gardner Minshew had a really good season for them. Um, that's Don's guy. Maybe Gardner Minshew gets an opportunity somewhere other than with the Colts. Uh, I think he's done a lot of the backup work throughout his career. Maybe he gets that opportunity to be a starter somewhere. Who knows? We'll see. But in this game, C.J. Stroud, you know, he continued his his clean sheet here. He's got two touchdowns for 264. Um, he also rushed for 20 yards. Uh, Gardner Minshew, no passing touchdowns, no interceptions, though. You know, I just don't know if he necessarily did enough for them to win this game, but they weren't out of it. 23 to 19 is not that big of a margin. So I'll kick it over to Dom. What's your opinions on this game, man? Um, I thought it was exciting. I thought um, that last drive, I thought the Colts were going to pull away and take the division. But, um, man, that last play was devastating. Um, the throw was kind of off. It just looked – I don't know why Jonathan Taylor wasn't on the field. But um, kind of disappointing for the Colts. But, you know, I've, I think Colts fans should be optimistic about their future. Um, you know, I like Gardner Minshew. I think he's – a guy that could be a decent starter in this league. Um, but I think the the upside with Anthony Richardson is a lot higher than than with Gardner Minshew. So if you can go into the last week of the season with a chance to win the division with Gardner Minshew as your quarterback, then you should be feeling pretty good about, you know, what you'll be able to do with Anthony Richardson um, in the future. Um, Texans, their future is here. I think they're – um, we'll talk about it later, but I I think they've been one of the more surprising teams of the league. I think 
you know, they have a guy in CJ Stroud that is going to be a franchise guy for years to come. And I think that the future is, is bright with this Texans team. And um, they've definitely developed a lot quicker than I thought that they would. I thought they would still be a year or two away from contending for the playoffs. And I think this team's exceeded everyone's expectations and, you know, credit to them. They fought hard and they are in the playoffs. Yeah. An amazing turnaround. I think, you know, being able to win your division with a rookie quarterback is, is astonishing as it is. But like you said, tough ending for the Colts. Um, I think the one thing with Anthony Richardson is they're going to have to really quickly transition him into, um, you can use his ability to run, but if he's going to be a little bit more fragile or he's going to be a little bit more injury prone, we just don't know what that looks like. They're going to have to be cautious of that. You know, I think that's definitely the upsides there, but if he's hurt all the time, it's kind of hard to win games when you don't have your guy. So that's something they're going to have to watch out for, especially in a league where the backup quarterback seems to be almost the most important position on the roster at this point with uh with what we've seen and not just the backup but if you're the Browns the third the fourth the fifth you know what I mean I think that's uh that that's that's a big thing with that as well so uh David what's your thoughts on this Texans versus Colts game man um I think that Evan is going to be really disappointed that his Colts did not make it into the playoffs um but yeah I'd agree that the Texans' future is definitely here. Um, I think they have a lot of... They can thank the Browns for a lot of that, too. And making... Giving them a lot of draft picks for someone that I never really wanted on the team anyways. So, but that is beside the point. Um, but yeah, both teams came out, played hard, played well. And, uh, yeah, and there's another thing that I'm going to bring up a little bit later. Um, so, but, yeah, in regards to this, great game overall from both sides. Agree, agree, agree. Now let's move on to the third game that we had up in our projection time. Projection. Um, prediction time last week. Goodness gracious. Um, another qu- close game here. We had Bills versus Dolphins. Again, just another loss by the Dolphins that feeds this narrative that they can't beat a good team. Um, I I don't necessarily it, it's just, it's tough, right? You look at Josh Allen and Tua, and these are guys that you know I I do feel like sometimes when you look at Tua, there's a lot of empty stats, um, and when you look at Josh Allen, there's a lot of turnovers that you can't have, but he is able to win games. You know what I mean? So I think you take the good and you take the bad with Josh Allen, but it, it this game was just kind of, was just kind of, ah, like, I don't know. The bills have kind of fought their way back into this position. They, they ended up, I think, I believe they won their division because of this, um, which is kind of crazy. Cause I do feel like a lot of people were writing them off. What, like six, seven weeks ago, you know, we had that conversation about Josh Allen on this ep- on this pop- podcast about whether or not, you know, we would still consider him an elite quarterback. You know, I, I don't know where I sit on that. I do think he's a very good quarterback. I just think he needs to limit the turnovers. But I'm curious to see what you think, David, you know, on this game in general. And, you know, I guess we'll kind of dive into what we expect from these guys later on. But, you know, just what did you think about this game in general, David? I think that, yes, Josh Allen needs to get the interceptions and turnovers under wraps 
I think that goes for a lot of quarterbacks and, well, anyone on the offensive side that deals with carrying the ball in any capacity. Um, but the upside to Josh Allen is he limits it to one to two interceptions, and then occasionally he might have a third for a game or two. But on the flip side of that, he he overcompensates it with a lot of touchdowns. So, like you said, you got to take the good with the bad with him. Yes, he has to get it under control. But at least you can ensure that he's going to score the ball a lot. With the Dolphins, I think that, at least offensively speaking, I think the pieces are largely there. It was just a lot of what Mike McDaniels was doing with coaching, especially against like the winning teams. Like you have Tua, you have Tyreek, uh, you have Mosert, and the pieces are there for a really good offense. It's just that when you put Mike McDaniels against a legitimate head coach in offense, it he struggles, and that's. Also, you can throw in the offensive coordinator in there, too. So I think that if you throw in a really good defense with that, I think that they would win more of the games and just a little bit more consistent coaching on the offense. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think I think the Dolphins' problem is they're very top-heavy with talent. I just don't know if, like, they're, they're really good talent to they're really bad talent. There's... There's really not much in between. Um, and the other thing is that two is not really a guy that's going to win you games. I think he's shown us that. We've seen that. Um, you know, he really needs the guys around him to be good, um, which is fine. I mean, there's there's not very many quarterbacks in the league that are ele- able to elevate the guys around them. I think those are very few and far between. You know, you're talking about like Patrick Mahomes, you know, I think you could put Lamar in that conversation, maybe. Um, I think CJ's done that with the Texans. You know, Burrow does that when he's healthy. So I, I really think that there are very minimal guys in the league, the quarterback position, that could do that. Best case scenario, you have a guy that just goes out there and takes care of the ball and doesn't make too many mistakes. And I think Tua falls into that category for the most part. Um, but it does feel like there's not a lot around him there in the, you know, other than at the wide receiver position, he has that talent, but it does feel like on that defensive side of the ball, there's just not enough either. And they got to solve that. And, you know, I don't know. Dom, what are your thoughts on, on this game? I mean, it's same thing that I've been saying about the dolphins all year. They can't, we've all been saying they can't beat good teams Um, to their credit. Well, in their defense, they have lost like everybody on their defensive line, uh, which Kind of makes playing defense difficult when the opposing quarterback has, you know, an entire lifetime to to make a play. Um, but you know, I I do think that, you know, Tua isn't an elite quarterback. He's a guy that, like you said, can put up a lot of empty stats. But, um, you know, they they need more depth at the wide receiver position. You know, it can't just be Tyreek Hill. Because that's that's literally all it is. Jalen Waddle, I, he hasn't done anything this year, and he's hurt now. Um, outside of that, I can't name another wide receiver. So it's two at Tyreek Hill, and then they're really reliant on on Mostert Braxton and Barrios. 
Okay, well, the only thing that I the only thing that I remember Braxton Berrios from is Madden, and he was like the seventy one overall wide receiver on the Jets. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think they have him and what Cedric Wilson Jr. or something. Okay. I don't know why I know that. That's useless to know. But <laughs> Braxton Berrios, who's who's a return specialist, and Cedric Wilson, like I didn't even know he was in the league. Um, so. <laughs> You know, they're 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 a team like like you said needs more depth and you know they're probably going to be out the first round of the playoffs. All right, all right, all right. Um, unfortunately, guys, we're going to go to quarter two here. Talk about the college football championship. Listen, this is a tough one. I I do think I I heard something about the parallels of this game compared to when Ohio State won it back in twenty fourteen. And when you think about like, oh, this is, you know, the, the first four-team college football playoff was won by a Big Ten team against a Pac-12 team. And the last four-team college football playoff was won by a Big Ten Big Ten team against a Pac-12 team. Now, I know Washington, you could be like, oh, we could claim in the Big, in the big Ten, but they're the Pac-12 this year. They are representing them. Um, listen, I we went back to having this conversation about all the off-field drama and everything that went on with Michigan since that point they've really kind of dominated everybody in front of them for the most part yeah I really felt like Michigan had Penix rattled you know he had missed some passes through those two interceptions the first one he got hit can't help that um, second one definitely should have been a better throw you kind of look at the rest of that defense they really had I almost feel like the rest of that team rattled as well too um, you know, the wide receivers dropping passes, running backs not being as effective. So you go to that Michigan sideline, I think what it was Edwards first carry of the game, 46 yards for a touchdown, I believe, or the second carry of the game. Um, his second carry of the game was another 40 something yard touchdown. So when I was like, you're watching that, he has 80 yards, two carries, two touchdowns. Um, he ended up with like 104 yards, six carries, two touchdowns. Corum had 21 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns. So they really just out physical this team. JJ McCarthy really didn't have to do anything. Resembles a lot of that game of that Penn State game earlier in the year. Um, so just like just a super physical game on, on the side of Michigan, and they just I just they just outplayed them. Um, I think that was one thing that I said a couple weeks ago was just these guys were going to be more physical and this defense was going to be more physical and that was worrying me about this Washington team. But um, Dom, what are your you know thoughts in general on on this game? And I know you're not happy about it, but you know what what are your thoughts on it? I mean, it is what it is. Like I'm not like devastated by it. I, going into this game, I you know, was of the belief that these were clearly the two best teams in college football this year. Um, I don't, I really don't think that there's any debate about that. Um, I think, I almost said Wisconsin. I think Washington's defense played a lot better than I anticipated that they would. Um, They kept the game close for most of the game until the fourth quarter. Um, I think Penix really looked bad. I, I think his draft stock really took a big hit last night. Um, but this Michigan team, it goes back to what we talked about last last week, the maturity that they showed, um, you know, throughout the season and how physical they are. 
on offense and defense. And I think their defense being the number one defense in the country really showed last night. And, you know, as sucks as, as much as it sucks, you know, being an Ohio state fan, seeing your, you know, arch nemesis win a national championship, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. I think throughout college football this year, they were clearly the best team and it, it showed last night. Yeah, I agree. I think we had all agreed pretty much last week that this was probably the best defense in the country. And I think that really showed, um, as much as their run game showed up last night, their defense really, really almost kind of like, like I said before, rattled this offense so much that they just were so ineffective an offense that wasn't that ineffective. That was probably one of the most explosive offenses in the country this year. They just put them in a position where they couldn't do anything. Um, And that's that, that is crazy to think about. So uh, David, you know, what are your thoughts on this game? Man? I'd agree that Washington's defense, for the most part, did really well. I think that they kept them in the game, kept it very close. Yeah, they had the two touchdowns early on. and But up until that, they kept Michigan's offense pretty much to that until the fourth quarter, like the end of the quarter. And I think it was largely because they got tired. Uh, They grew, I don't want to say they grew weak, but they kind of did in a way. And I think that Washington's offense failed to execute. Whether it was a drop pass or they had a 32-yard pass that was successful, but got pushed back because of a holding call. Um, So they... They had their moments, just failed to execute. So I think that, and I think that Michigan's defense definitely took those failures to execute into account and made them pay for it. So I think that if they made those catches, didn't get called for that holding call, I think we'd be looking at a very different game. Yeah, I agree. I think they they did shoot themselves in the foot with those those little, you know, ticky-tacky penalties, whether it was holding or, um, you know, I, I, ju- I just think that it is unfortunate. Like you said, if maybe they make those catches, Penix makes a, a couple more throws. Like, I do think what really turned this game in Michigan's favor was that uh, interception for a touchdown. And I think that really kind of swung the momentum in their favor, and it didn't really feel like they let up after that point. They just... They saw the opportunity, you know, and they they ran with it. And I think that's really what was the turning point in that game. And, you know, like Dom said, it's tough. Uh, it's tough watching your your arch nemesis there win a national championship championship. But credit where credit is well, due. Michigan's also watched Ohio State win 2002 and 2014. So, yeah, we're kind of getting getting a, a taste of, you know, how they felt you know, really over the last 20 years. And you, I think somebody said too, like I, I was listening to the sports talk radio station down here and, and they said they had a lot of like um, fifth year guys that came back, you know, fifth or sixth year guys that came back because of that COVID uh, rule. So like you had a lot of like veteran players on that team. And I think that mattered, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. I, I think that's a, uh, 
that's something that we've seen like like Washington was you know some of those in a similar situation like I think Oregon was in a similar situation especially at the quarterback position so we saw a lot of these teams that had a lot of veteran presence on there um, were very successful and I think that's maybe something that we might see going forward especially with the transfer portal the way it is and stuff like that but uh, definitely very interesting so I don't know another college football season in the books Obviously, this was the last of the 14 playoff. We're going to that 12 team playoff next year. So things will be different. Things will be changed. And uh, I'm I'm at least excited to talk about it. I don't I don't know if it'll be the same ever again. I don't know if it'll feel the same ever again. Um, but it was interesting. It was a fun, fun 10 years, I guess, to kind of go over that roller coaster of it, which is crazy to think about. Um, <laughs> it's been ten years. Yeah, the since fact that it was started. ten years. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel really old.